And here we go. That's right. You're back in Redline. And what does that mean for you, ladies and gentlemen? You get some truth. You get some objectivity. You get a break from the local Cincinnati media that wants to protect, I guess, Jose Iglesias and his 699 OPS. Have you watched all season, John Faye says? Uh, yeah, he hit his OPS is 699. And oh, yeah. He gets hits because of his batting average on balls in play, so his average is a little higher. But they're pitching to contact. They're not wasting any pitches on him. Now, I know that he had a pretty good uh, average with runners in scoring position early in the season, and it's still kind of high. But it's like being the tallest midget when the sample size is not very big. So, while, yes, his runners in scoring position average is higher than normal, looks good on paper, um, last night you can see, you know, the guy puts the ball in play, double play balls. When he's pitched, put it this way, when it, when it counts, it doesn't matter. Basically, Jose Peraza, 2008. 18, when everybody was like, 182 hits, he's the next Barry Larkin. I'm sorry, have you watched some tape? The opposing team's scouting reports is, if these guys are going to beat you, that's fine, but don't waste pitches on them. This is how teams are pitch efficient versus the Reds. You wonder why the Reds starters run out or at 100 pitches at five innings? Because they have a game plan versus every hitter. They shift on let every left-handed hitter known to man. If your 10-year-old nephew or niece is left-handed, a left-handed hitter, the Reds under Dick Williams' uh, analytical department, they'll shift on your 10-year-old nephew or niece. They have no idea what they're doing. So here's my point. Jose Iglesias, not the team's MVP, He's actually holding the team back because he's... Okay, if you've been a Reds fan for even the last 10 years, he is causing the same problems that Ryan Hannigan and Zach Cozart caused before Zach Cozart had his uh, walk-year free agent um, career year. Now, ladies and gentlemen, do you remember when that used to piss us off? When a ball player would have a career year in their free agent year, and then they'd sign some big contract, and then they sucked again? That's Zach Cozart in the year 2017. So, back to this game. Tyler Molle was absolutely brilliant. Shut out, 7 to nothing lead, and all of a sudden, this team can't play defense. My favorite player, Joey Votto, kicks a ball. Scooter Jeanette, I don't know whether he's hung over or what, but he dives for a ball, misses it. Like, for anybody who blames Tyler Molly, and I heard and read people and got texts from people who said, send down Molly. Are, are you out of your freaking mind? Tyler Malley was the 
besides Lavernaway, you know, everybody's new favorite player that they never heard of before yesterday. Of course, he was with Pittsburgh last year and another team last year. Maybe the Twins. I can't remember. White Sox or Pirates. It was Pirates and another team. He just got released by the uh, Yankees AAA Farm Club. Well, the Yankees had to make a roster move. So, anyway, that's how the Reds got him. He used to be a pretty high up there uh, catching prospect for the Boston Red Sox about 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Anyways, uh, that shows you how bad the Reds' depth is. Had to get Ryan LeVarn away. And you guys are going to say, well, he set a record. Man, big deal, man. I'm happy for the guy. I watched his post-game uh, interview. It was actually pretty cool. I actually really liked what he said. He said, you know, when he first came up, he tried to be stoic like Jason Veritek. But now that he's 30 and he has no idea how many more, you know, days up in the big leagues he's going to have, he's enjoying every minute of it. So, you know, they might have a backup catcher, you know, for 2020 here. You know, um, I made a joke on uh, Twitter. I said, sign him for player manager. But anyway, I digress. Let's go back to Molly. Molly is pitching a great game. Defense just gets uh, just crazy in that sixth inning. But let's go back to David Bell defending Suarez. They both get uh, kicked out of the game. But that's not my point of this story. When Tyler Molly has one out and the base is loaded, you either leave Molly in there to get out of his own mess because he's still throwing 95, but Freddie Benavides, and go back and listen to my previous Reds lines when I was doing this every night, Freddie Benavides is no good bench coach, and the Cincinnati Reds front office should be ashamed of themselves for allowing Freddie Benavides to be the bench coach. And I am not anti-Freddie Benavides. I am pro having the correct staff around a rookie manager. Freddie Benavides is not a checks and balances to a rookie manager, David Bell. Freddie Benavides is not what you needed. You needed a veteran bench coach. You could have brought in Wally Backman. You could have brought in, you know, uh, I don't know. Shoot. Joe Oliver, former Reds catcher, who is a minor league manager in the Red Sox organization. Uh, you could have brought in a, a number of people. And I know that Joe Oliver is not a grizzled veteran, but at least Joe Oliver would have been able to help this guy with the pitching staff. And you wonder why Amir Garrett was on the DL. You wonder why David Hernandez. You guys all talk bad about David Hernandez. You guys ought to have your Reds cards fandom pulled. Do you remember that game about two months ago or a month and a half ago in San Diego when old David Bell left him out there for two innings and he struck out all six hitters? And then what's David Bell do the next night? Brings David Hernandez back in. Are you kidding me? That's why these guys have problems. Go back and listen to some of my Reds lines. I've covered it. Unlike no other, I said that he was going to have these guys ran in the ground by July 1st. And then I joked June 1st, you know, but my point still stands. That's why there's problems in Redsland with the bullpen. Um, and then it all has to do with the game plan and every batter, shifting every left-handed hitter. I mean, this analytical department is clueless. I mean, 
you know when you go to a bookstore and you see like those uh, books like uh, Rebuilding an Engine for Dummies, Algebra for Dummies, you know, uh, whatever for dummies. Like they literally went to the bookstore and bought analytics for dummies and they're like going, you know, hook, line, and sinker, crossing the T's, dotting the I's. They are, you know, they read a book and they think, oh, oh, oh I like to burn a uh, mental sweat too. I read it in a book. That is a movie reference if you don't know. Extra points if you do know. Anyways, let's move forward. So anyway, that's the problem with the Reds. David Bell, he's got all these analytics, and he doesn't know how to scrutinize them. The front office analytics team has all these analytics, and they don't know how to scrutinize them. It's like, it's like when you get like, you know, one of those TV, uh, what do you call those things? Uh, that hold your TV, you know, entertainment center. And you're like, you know what? I don't need the directions. I'm just going to do it. That's literally the Reds front office analytical team's uh, strategy when it comes to uh, scrutinizing and then applying analytics. So anyways, let's get back to Freddie Benavides being a major mistake. And that's what I want to talk about. The Reds should, if you're going to hire David Bell, a second rookie manager, which nobody, John Fay, Lance McAllister, uh, C. Trent, Plagiarism, uh, you know, none of those guys out there have covered that the Reds hired a second rookie manager in a row. They never bring it up. But have they even thought about that? Probably not. C. Trent, there's a new idea. Go write an article. Anyways. So, you hire a second rookie manager and you don't bring him any grizzled veteran bench coach or former manager to be bench coach. Um, Houston, Cincinnati, you have a top-down leadership problem. And it all starts at the top with Walt Jockety on down. Anyways, to make a long story short, what did Freddie Benavides do? He pulls Tyler Molly, Malley, whatever, with the bases loaded and one out. He brings in Bowman. Now, Bowman used to be with the Cardinals. Bowman has this goofy, big old windup. I'm not opposed to having Bowman on the team. But Bowman is your long guy when you're getting blown out. And I'm not talking about Molly leaving with one run on the board and the bases loaded and one out. I'm talking like uh, you're down eight to nothing, fourth inning, third inning. You bring in Bowman to get you through the sixth. That's what you use that guy for. You don't bring him in with the bases juiced full of Cardinals, his former team that knows him. I mean, Freddie Benavides, I am not anti-Freddie Benavides. I am anti-bad moves by a front office that are investment bankers that don't know what they're doing. In fact, I just feel like if they'd get out of Nick Crawl's way, Maybe he, he could do something. He started with Oakland. He's been there when they had Tim Nairing and uh, 
Uh, I apologize. I cannot remember the guy's name who was uh, one of the scouting directors. Uh, maybe head of player development. Johnny Almazar. Uh, Nick Crawl's been there when they had success. Get out of his way. Bring back Naring. Bring back Almazar. Naring is Brian Cashman's right-hand man. Almazar is in Philadelphia. Look at that turnaround. Look at their minor leagues. They're killing it. Anyways, you bring in Bowman. You deserve to you you deserve to have a ten run inning. My other question is, even though Jared Hughes got lit up, why not bring in Jared Hughes? You have one out. He could have got you a ground ball. Now, I know he got lit up. I'm not saying he didn't. I'm saying, why not bring him in there to get a grounder? Do you remember that game, the first game of Colorado? I was there, ladies and gentlemen. I was in Colorado all three games. Remember game one of Colorado? Two to one lead or whatever it was. They bring in Hernandez, and he struck out the first hitter. I was like, whoa, this might turn out okay. Why wouldn't you bring in Hughes there? You need a ground ball. Why wouldn't you bring in Hughes with the bases loaded and one out? You need a ground ball. You don't need Bowman to come in there and give up like gopher balls and Texas leaguers all over the place. I'm not being rude. I'm not even anti-Bowman, but he would not be on my staff. He'd be a triple-A uh, being an innings eater for those AAA starters, that's like I described earlier. He would not be on the major league level for me unless it was an emergency. And then I just told you how to use him. Anyways, so, uh, you know, everybody's on uh, this Ryan LaVarnway bandwagon. Again, happy for the guy. Reds might have a good backup catcher. Seemed like a pretty good dude. Uh, set the record for RBIs in a debut. The old record was four, tied it. He has six. I mean, that even might have been the record four. But uh, to make a long story short, uh, this team just does all the wrong moves. They're getting outmanaged. And if you just had a, a good manager in there, I really feel if this team would have hired Brad Osmus, they'd be bought better off. Now, I will admit, Derek Johnson has been a blessing. You cannot deny the Milwaukee Brewers last two seasons, and now they're having troubles, and now the Reds, the last two seasons of pitching was struggling this year. Derek Johnson knows how to teach guys how to pitch and use their strengths. That's amazing. So without David Bell, I don't think you get Derek Johnson, but you got to give David Bell some people around him to actually help him. And I knew when I heard in spring training that they were going to use relievers more frequently in, uh, I don't know what he means by that, but, and not the more frequently, shorter stints more frequently, uh, earth the bell, David Bell, uh, relievers do come in in short stints, short stints. What are you talking about? But I can go every reliever case by case and explain why they've struggled. Zach Duke was not used as a loogie. He was used as a middle reliever. Struggled. Uh, David Hernandez. 
struck out six batters face, struck out all six, San Diego, brought him back the next night. It might have been versus L.A. too. I can't remember, but it was either Padres or the Dodgers. I think it was the Dodgers. Yeah, I think it was the Dodgers. He struck out all six Dodgers. But why would you bring him back the next day? You know, Rosella Iglesias. Well, I don't like the, uh, you know, the basically, I don't like, the players running the clubhouse, but Iglesias says, Hey, I don't like pitching in top tied games in the bottom of the ninth or top of the ninth. Use me to close these suckers down. Why do you use him? I mean, you just keep doing it. And also that was his third appearance on the road the other night when he blew that game. So you guys don't know what you're doing. You need a grizzled veteran manager or bench coach right by David Bell to help him. If you truly want David Bell to be your manager, you've got to have him help. And Freddie Benavides is not it. This is not anti-Freddie Benavides. This is anti, you don't have your rookie manager any help. Anyways, and we've seen it before. Brian Price couldn't get a hitting instructor, couldn't get a pitching coach in here. So the Reds had to rely on Cam Bonifaz's people to come in. Cost Mark Riggins, a guy who's been with the Reds for 20-something years, his job with the Reds because of the inadequate, uh, you know what I mean, the, the, the Reds not being able to fill out coaching staff, so they have to rely on, you know, company men who get fired, Mark Riggins. So uh, that game was that game should have been won yesterday. Anybody who says Molly was the problem, uh, no offense, you're an idiot. Go sit over in the corner with your dunce cap. Um, the problem here was either let him finish. Now, I will admit, they were just teeing off on him. So that might not have been the bat, the good move. But you got you got one out. Bring in Hughes. Now, I know Hughes got lit up. That's not the point. The point is, you need a ground ball. So... Now, while Hughes might have give up, you know, some runs, I don't think you get a 10 spot. You know, once Bowman had already let the the cat out of the bag, you know, that was the problem. You needed to bring in Hughes or even Stevenson to come in there and knock those guys out, strike them out. You had one out. You don't bring in Bowman. That's the major issue with that game last night. They did a valiant effort at the end, and then people are blaming Joey Votto for not driving in a runner with two outs. The guy was two for five or whatever. Had a pretty good game, I'll admit. Uh, but you know what? I have even I have even told the Reds, I have said, you need to move Joey Votto out of the number two hole. You're in a little good apartment who thinks he's Mike Trout, Paul Goldschmidt, uh, you know, all these great number two hitters. Joey Votto is not built that way. He does not. A, he's not a burner. He, he. I get it that the analytics say hit your be, hit your best hitter second. Joey Votto is your best hitter, but he's not built to be the that guy. Your actual. He, if you want to know the God's honest truth, you should go Winker leadoff, Senzel second, Votto third, and I'd rather have Winker hitting sixth, seventh. I'm not gonna lie. But this team refuses to go get a leadoff hitter. Everybody says, go get Whit Merrifield. Well, that'll cost a ton. And plus, I don't think Whit Merrifield will be the same player out of Kansas City. I've seen it happen before 
in Kansas City where a guy's good there, goes somewhere else, isn't as good. I am telling you, when I was in Colorado, I think they need to pick up that Ramel Tapia. That guy barrels up every ball. His soft hit percentage of like soft contact is only 15%. Guy hits the ball hard every time, can play center field and lead off, give you a 340, 350 hitter. You could have Tapia one, Senzel second, Votto third, and then, you know, Suarez, whatever, whatever, Winker, then Puig. And then uh, you get Winker back in the uh, fifth, sixth hole. And, um, oh, by the way, yeah, I am moving Senzel back to shortstop. Iglesias is, you guys are get too, I know, I know I was on the defense earlier, but you guys get too enamored with these defensive players that can't hit their weight. And uh, my friends, Jose Iglesias, he, he his OPS, it might be over 700 today. I'm not going to say it's not. I'm going to look and I'm going to tell you where it's at. But he shouldn't even be your starter. It's so funny that they they have a young nucleus. Barry Larkin worked with Nick Senzel all last year. And then all, okay, it's at 706. Okay, he's hitting 285, but with a 706 OBP. I like it when people tell me that batting average doesn't matter, like John Fay. And then when I bring up Jose Iglesias should not be extended when he says he should be extended. He goes, oh, he's hitting 285. Uh, yeah, he's at that point, I think it was 281. Uh, he, had, he had an OPS of 699. Now, after yesterday, it's a 706. You can't have a bunch of 700 OPS hitters in your lineup. You can't. You can't even really have one, in my opinion. So to make a long story short, that's how it should be. And, uh, you know, I got some other trades lined out I think should happen to fix this. Yeah, where do we go from here? You know, the whole thing. I didn't even do the good things or the bad things. Let's do three good things before we literally go from here. Three good things. Lamar away, whatever, you know, two home runs, six RBIs. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to give Molly a good thing, man. Shut him out for... Five innings, man, just had a real, I mean, just was on top of it. Just kind of all fell apart. I don't think it was his fault. I think it was just guys not feeling the baseball. Um, if you're going to give it to somebody else on the good things list, I mean, who else could you give it to? Winker, two for five. Otto, two for five. Uh, yeah, well, you know what? Van Meter, one for one with a walk, two runs. I mean, you give it to a lot of people, uh, you know. Let's give it to that guy that got sent down today, Jimmy Herger, or however you pronounce his name. Two innings, no runs, no hits, no walks, no strikeouts. Came in there and cleaned him up, give him a chance to win it. At the end, uh, you should probably give it to Molly twice because Molly had two hits in the game. But that Herget, you know what's funny about Herget? He pitched July 1st, hadn't been pitched since two days ago, and then pitches back-to-back last night, and now is uh, uh, sent back to AAA. Like, this team does not make any sense whatsoever. And I'm not saying Jimmy Herger is some kind of world beater out there, but, you know, he wasn't used for, like, what is that, 17 days? Like, that's crazy. I don't mean, like, a little crazy. I mean, crazy. 16 days? 
So, um, what about the bad things? Sheesh. Uh, where do we start, my friends? Um, it said they only had one error, but, I mean, I saw Jeanette not get a ball. Votto kicked that baseball for the error. Uh, Puig was awesome. You know, he's just throwing out runners everywhere, but, uh, you know, the bad things, you know, I'm telling you, bad things, I'm going to give it number one, Freddie Benavides. You don't bring in Bowman with the bases juiced, man, when you got used a ground ball pitcher. And I don't care if you just come in there and give up three runs. Wouldn't have lost the game. Bad move, bad move, bad move. Uh, other bad things. I'm going to give it to the Cincinnati Reds front office. Hey, you guys made seven moves a couple days ago. That means you have no depth. You're in, like, desperation mode. Now, everybody on the planet thinks you're brilliant, and you probably are all shaking hands and high-fiving because Laverna Way's day yesterday, but that is a, uh obscure happening in the laurels of baseball. It's not going to happen again. I'm not going to say he's not going to hit another home run. I'm not even saying you didn't find a good new backup catcher. But what I am saying is uh, you have no depth. That's why you should have either consummated the Romalto trade or you should have used the Romalto trade to get the Padres to take the second choice, which would have been Barnhart, and then you guys should have brought in some other catchers in the offseason. I've already told you, Reds, what catcher to get. You know where he's at. You, I also told you what what starter to get who's already getting paid some of his salary to get the other prospect I want. You know what to do. You know what catcher to get. He's going to be a top five offensive catcher for the next three or four years. You know what catcher to get, Cincinnati Reds. I've told you. Let's see if you listen. Okay, so where do we go from here? Okay, well, tonight they're going to play the Cardinals. So here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. The best you can hope for is a win today and a win tomorrow. So tonight you got Castillo going, and he should win against this Michaelis. Even though that Michaelis guy, well, I think that Michaelis, I think we cleaned his clock last time out. But Luis Castillo has got to win this game, and then tomorrow they got Disco going against the Cardinals, and he pitched good against the Cardinals earlier in the year, or he, I, I think he did. Maybe he threw good against Padres, and then he got imploded versus the Cardinals. But, ladies and gentlemen, they got to win these next two games, or it's over. Everybody's like, oh, you got to start cleaning house. No, you don't. you got to win these two games to get back to where you were two days ago. And then you got to play uh, probably see where you're at in five in an extra five games. Um, you're going to be playing Milwaukee um, the next three games. So you got a pretty good shot to kind of fix this if you can win these two games and you can take two out of three from Milwaukee. You still got a shot. And then. Uh, you got an off day Thursday. So the next five games is going to tell the Reds what they're going to do at the deadline. But guess what? If I was in the front office, I'd already be making moves. I'd be making moves. I'd be buying and selling. And 
I would be buying and selling to move forward to stay competitive and win in 2020. But, you know, the Reds are going to, I'm just telling you what the Reds are going to do. They're going to wait till the 25th to decide what direction they're going to take. Actually, you'll know the 24th because that's a 1.10 p.m. game. So you're going to know what's going to happen. So I'll be able to tell you guys what's going to happen on July 24th, basically, after that game. So you got five more games before the Reds do what I think they're going to do. They're not going to do what I suggest they do. I know they're not going to get the catcher I told them to get. If they get it, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I've already told a couple people, and I'll get them to verify for me that I told the Reds to do it. But we'll see. I believe the Reds are going to try and trade for Bauer from the Indians, and I think they're going to give up India for Bauer. I just hope that they get Tyler Freeman back. That's all I really want. Um, I believe that the Reds are probably going to trade Tanner Roar because he's a free agent. I believe he'll go to Oakland. I just hope that they give a good package back. I hope I hope they package Disco and Roark to Oakland to get A.J. Puck back and some other pieces like Austin Beck, Grant Holmes, Sky Bolt. And I also hope that they get the catcher I told them about. And I also hope that they're able to extend Puig. Oh, and Matt Harvey got designated for assignment which means he'll probably be released in the next 10 days. I believe the Reds should bring him back. He was comfortable here. I believe Johnson will help him out. And then it's all downhill from there. Um, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, yeah, I would trade Jose Iglesias to a shortstop needy team. There's not many teams out there that need a shortstop. They could, however... Um, The Yankees might be interested because of all their injuries to have him on the bench as a backup plan. So that is an option to send Jose Iglesias there. And he'd probably fit in pretty good there. I'm not going to say – I'm just going to say he's a good bench player. And I didn't think he'd be a good bench player at the beginning of the season. I just don't think he'd be used to it. But uh, they got to get Senzel at shortstop. they got to get a center fielder. And I hope – I really, really hope. The Reds pull off a trade with the Rockies for Brennan Rodgers, who's on the 60-day disabled list, so you can try, I think you can trade for him, and uh, Ramel Tapia. But I don't know who the Reds could give up for that. Um, I don't think I'd want to give up Rossell Iglesias. They need starters and relievers, relievers more than starters, and the Reds' relievers all suck anyway, except for Garrett, Iglesias, uh, Lorenzen. And I don't want to give up Lorenzen or Garrett. Um a lot of teams like Iglesias, the L.A. Dodgers, Philadelphia really needs him. If I could get Alec Bohm and that Adam Connolly, and then uh, maybe that Howard for Philadelphia for Iglesias, I would do that in a heartbeat. Um, or I'd trade Iglesias for Alex Vertigo and uh, Dustin May. And Gavin Lux. And you're saying, oh, that's a lot. Glacius is on is, is locked up for three more years under ten million each. I mean I mean our Aroldis Chapman got four players for two months. Give me a break. Anyways, well, let's see what's gonna happen after all this. I believe that the Reds 
will uh, win today. Castillo's going. But I wanted to just point out all these mistakes that all you Reds analysts and local media are making. And I will debate any Reds local media member. I'll call into your show. I'll do a podcast. Not with Dougie Baseball, though, because I don't have a subscription to Baseball America. Sorry, Dougie Baseball. Can't do your podcast because you're afraid of me. You made that clear on Twitter. Anyways, uh, so. Cincinnati Reds fans, the next five games will dictate what this front office will do. Uh, Like I said, I believe they'll get Bauer, and I believe Rourke will go to Oakland. Every other trade that I've said probably won't happen because I don't think they can make it happen because I don't think they're good enough negotiators, but I believe that India will go to Cleveland for Bauer. The Red Scouts were at the Tigers-Indians game on the 17th or 18th when Bauer was going against Boyd. And I believe that the Reds are going to bring Bauer home this trade deadline. So, from the Little Apple all the way back to Cincinnati in Redsland, Reds Nation number 4192. I'll see you tomorrow. Well, I don't know if I'll see you tomorrow. But I might do another podcast.